Welcome to the roundtable. I'm Jennifer Eller, and my co-host today is Mike Hill, and with us is Missy Norris. Yay! Hi, Since we don't have sound effects yet, okay, we're, we're, okay. The, we're the real sound effects. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> yeah, that's why these came in. Oh, the clappers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we always ask our producer to give us sound effects. You know. On on real podcasts, they have this right. They have, they have this guy that sits back there and he like pushes these buttons. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, so <laughs> maybe someday, right? Yeah, as we yeah. evolve, work yep. in progress. Yeah, yeah. Work as progress. we evolve. Yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. yeah, so we want to get to know you a little mm -hmm. bit more. So, um, do you read books? Do you watch TV? We already know you scroll Facebook a lot. So yeah. But did did yes did. you did scroll yes. Facebook so yeah starting so. Sunday that's just a break from that is um, it like a break for a while that's my goal okay like do you just say like okay I'm gonna try a month I'm trying to the reason I'm, I'm asking is like in setting goals I'm thinking uh -huh. about in this myself it's mm -hmm. like I don't want to be on it but is it for a certain time well that's what I initially started but it only gives you like an option of like seven days at the most so I just said don't don't remind me so I'm just gonna go with like I'm just going to go with what I'm led. I just know I spend too much time. Wait a second. There's an option on Facebook to say you can like disconnect from it? Yeah. You don't have to delete it. You just deactivate it. I like, I've deleted it from my phone mm -hmm. where I'd have to be on my computer to get to, but I couldn't oh. scroll on my phone. Yeah. So if I could go on my computer, I was, you know, and I wanted to look at something that was fine, but on my phone I couldn't. So I just like deleted the app. Yeah. But, but there's a still, deactivation huh. thing. Yeah. In your settings. Interesting. And huh. on the Facebook. On the yeah. Facebook. On the, sorry. <laughs> no, I just love it. Like That's like way back in the day. I know. It's like the going Facebook. to the Walmart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, do you so read any books? Or? I, um, I have read a few books. I really like Max Lucado. Mm -hmm. um, I have read um, random books. Um, I read one... Um, it was a Stephen Furtick book. I do a lot of watching sermons online. Uh, I used to get stuck in like the reality TV shows where you just sit and binge watch for hours and hours and hours. And But after I've started this journey, I don't watch too much TV. If I do, it's, um, it's a sermon. It's Who's your favorite pastor? Man. Well, the first, the pastor I was introduced to first when I started my walk about two and a half years ago was Stephen Furtick. Um, so I, I, I like him a lot. Uh, Michael Todd mm -hmm. um, with Transformation Church. Mm -hmm. um, do some T.D. Jakes. Oh, wow. Um, never heard of him. And also watch his daughter. <laughs> I've never heard of his daughter. T.D. Jakes, I mean, he can get into it. Uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's powerful. Yeah. Um, so basically, for the last couple years, I've kind of like just shut out, not shut out, I just kind of went away from like what you would call secular mm TV. -hmm. Like if you were going to take a break, would you like from, okay, I'm disciplined, I'm only going to like watch sermons or do these mm -hmm. things. If you're going to like just let loose. Loose and watch something. Yeah. Well, like do you have a genre or something that you would like? Like, are you a murder mystery person? Or are you I can't a... do any of that stuff. Like, it creeps me <laughs> out. Like, so even not a scary e movie no, person. even even before, if I would watch something, mm -hmm. I would like start like panicking, get like sweats, and be like, okay, and I'm gonna have like horrible nightmares. Mm -hmm. Like, it was just like I can't do it. Do you go I've to tried. the other end? Are you like a Disney person? Then do you go watch, you know, a Disney movie? I do. Okay. I mean, and that's part of me and my daughter's thing. Mm -hmm. Like, 
Disney Plus, you mm-hmm. know, and I'll sit and watch. I used to, like, if I would, like, in the evenings, just want something on, it's cheesy, but I would watch the old Parent Trap, you know. No. Parent Trap? No? Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dan? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Dan, Dan, okay. Okay. <laughs> I don't know I'm what not... the Parent Trap is. No. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah. anyway, just, like, just simple <laughs> things that aren't, you know, complex or, yeah. Um some yeah, or like an old movie like Breakfast Club. I'd watch something mm-hmm. like that, like old. Okay, stuff. now that's old. Well, I'm. Am old. I allowed to ask how old you are? I'll be forty-seven. Okay. And yeah, because I can remember Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Back yeah, in the like day. like shows like that. Yeah. You know, like eighties. Yeah. Real old. Mm-hmm. Just stuff that's like not too complex, I guess. <laughs> Before everything got weird. For sure. With, with movies. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Uh, well, yeah. So other than that, I just I spend a lot of time um, reading the Bible. Okay. Like I just finished the book of Acts. Um, I read it a year ago, um, but it was put on my heart to read it again. Hmm. And then so I just finished that book. And then um, I just started Matthew, which I've read them before. But I don't know why it was put on my heart to read Matthew again. Hmm. I know it's weird because it kind of comes with the season. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, is this a thing? Like, I hear, I've heard you refer to this a couple of times. So, like, do you feel led a lot to do yeah. different things? Yeah. Okay. And, because um, I think for some people, that would be a, I think it would be a struggle, right? Like, I think a lot of people don't always feel mm-hmm. led or God talking to them, Yeah. you know? So did that just evolve? It's, is that something it's really, that's new? It's really started to evolve in the last, um, really strong in the last six months. Okay. Why? Do you know why? I don't. I, I, I truly think part of it is um, just beginning to have a more intimate relationship with Jesus hmm. and just being more intentional in my prayer and more intentional and purposeful about just how I walk through my day. Wow. It's a very strong calling for me. I don't know how to explain it. The book of Acts came about... Um, we were doing the Bible study at FCC Church on Thursday evening, so I go to that sometimes, mm-hmm. and the book of Acts was brought up, and then... Um, What's we, FCC stand for? It's Faith Community. Got it. Sorry. Um, I go there um, no, sometimes with a couple friends. They do it on Thursday evenings. Yeah, I just like, I don't know if I have yeah, FCC. I, I had started going a little bit when they were here, but then we started small groups here. I, yeah. start, I went to the one with... Um, Scott Little, we, yeah. I joined that one, yeah. and then I went back after, and then went back to that one. Well, that it came to me then, and then we were talking about it. Celebrate recovery. Mm. Someone brought up the book of Acts, and it was the exact same area in Acts that I read like that morning when I just opened my Bible. Because I'll do that sometimes to just open mm-hmm. my Bible and see what mm-hmm. see what the Lord has for me. Mm-hmm. Did you ever open it up once and read it and be like, "What the world is that?" Have you ever had that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, maybe most I need of the time. No, I'm just saying sometimes, <laughs> sometimes like I've I... heard of people doing that. Like you just open it up and I'm like, I wonder if there's ever a time like you ended up in it... something weird. Something and like... weird and you shut that and like, maybe that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> no. Let me try again. Maybe I'll just try it again. No. Yeah. And then um, I was actually driving from my job because I was helping out at um, one of the women's homes in Bluffton. And I was driving from Fort Wayne to... Bluffton and on Highway 1 there was a gentleman standing on the corner over by the Arby's and he had this like billboard thing up with a sign 
and it had a scripture on it. I can't quote it, but it was the book of Acts. Hmm. That and was the, your sign. And then the church beside where I work, it's um, Wings of Deliverance. It's right bes- beside Avenues Recovery, my mm-hmm. place of occupation. I pulled up that week, and they changed the sign, Live as My Offspring. It's Acts. I can't quote the actual scripture, yeah. but it was Acts. I'm like, okay, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. So that's kind of like, that's how, so that's how it came about. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. So typically, yeah, I read a lot. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you have like another favorite book of the Bible or anything then? Um, I've got, I have not read a lot of the Bible at all. Um, the Old Testament, I tried to do a Bible study on and it was just so like, what am I reading? Like, I don't understand it. So um, like James, I like James. Yes. Um, very practical. Yes. Very easy. Like when right. I very first started reading mm-hmm. again. Because I read the Bible when I was younger, but I really, I was like, I don't understand any of this. Hmm. But then in the last, once I started my journey two and a half years ago, I started in the, like, James was one. Romans yeah. is another good one I like. Um, Acts, of course, I read. Um, like the, and then, the, you know, the Gospels, of course. Right. And that's why I also share with my daughter, if you're going to start somewhere, mm-hmm. start in the Gospels. Good place to start. Yep. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So, yeah. So do you have like a favorite childhood memory or... Um, something you like to do as a kid. I just remember growing up every summer, we'd go with my grandmother Mm. to the lake, me and my cousins and my sisters. We'd all go the same week up to, um, little Barbie. Oh, really? And, and stay for a week every summer Mm. with my grandma. And those were like the best Mm. times, Mm. you know, so simple board Mm. games in the evening, sitting around the fire at the picnic table, swimming all day. Going down and taking your Dove soap and your shampoo and your soup and, and bathing in the lake, you know, it wasn't oh, because that sounds really clean. You know, no. well back then I think the water might have been a little bit better condition. I don't know. Have you heard the story about that? So we rented a cottage on Big Barbie. Well, how long ago? Uh, this has been like three, four years ago. I don't oh, remember, but probably. but we were talking to the people that are oh, up no. there, and they're like. <laughs> Well, you know, this we redid this, we did this, and the lake is now where all the sewers don't run into it. Like it oh. used to be all of that chain. Yeah. This is what they said. Not oh, no. again somebody who lives up on Seacrest, yeah. yeah, all those up there. We grew up but on those used, chains. Yeah, it used to be that like all of the I can't imagine waste. that's true. Yeah, waste. like ended up out in the lake. Yeah, the I lake. can't believe that's true. I don't that's know. Because like, we grew oh, up golly, like skiing geez. and tubing. I've never seen nothing, you know, <laughs> or smelt anything. It all stays next to the weird. edge. <laughs> it just stays next no, to the but, edge. No, oh, but, golly. no, but I mean, those were the times that I remember the most, you know, yeah. spending time with your cousins and family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something we don't do too much now. Mm-hmm. Why is sure. that? Why? What was so different back then? than today like why don't we sit around and play board games why don't we have simpler times i think a lot of it's just the world we live in it's the media hmm. it's the phones mm-hmm. everything's accessible the right phone's it's your... the devil no mm-hmm. no it's, no it's just <laughs> hey, it is i, I, I listen, tell you. i'm not yeah. i'm with you i think that stupid Good. thing is the mm-hmm. biggest distraction ever. it is i'll tell my kids okay if we're sitting down <clears> and we're doing something put your phone away because it's not TikTok time well, can friends. you remember a time in your life where you weren't available? I was thinking about that today. Mm-hmm. You know, you're constantly yes, available, available to people now. 
And there is no boundaries. Like nobody, has, nobody has a boundary mm-hmm. anymore. And they'll call you at nine o'clock at night or send right. you emails and messages. And it's like, this is, this mm-hmm. is like time for with family or sometimes bed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing is I got to the place, I read this book that was talking about digital minimalism, mm-hmm. yeah. like the idea that it's actually affecting people's brains. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the, the problem of, even though your phone's not ringing or you're getting text messages, mm-hmm. you feel tied to it all the time. You like do. you feel mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be available and I have to have it close to me. Yeah. Like I have to have it close to Sleep me. Sleep with it time. right beside you in the bed. Right. The so they talked stand. about putting them on do not disturb, but now everybody's figured out how to call through your do not disturb. <laughs> you just call mm-hmm. twice and the stupid thing rings and right. thinking about just shutting mm-hmm. the whole thing off. Like yeah. seriously, is somebody dying? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, sometimes they do. But right. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, back then, we didn't have cell phones. Right. You know, we didn't, like, even in high school, I remember, I mean, the biggest thing in high school for us was, like, you had a pager. You were cool if you mm-hmm. had a pager, you know? Really? That was, like, the first thing when I was in school that came about, like, if for people <laughs> to get a hold of you, because we didn't have cell phones mm-hmm. then. Did you have a pager, Jennifer? No. I've never had a pager. You must have been important. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, I mean, no. Yes, you were. No. Dan, did you have a pager? No, I did not. No. I mean, well, you I must have been the most important person around. It's, I doubt you're it. You're like no. a doctor. No, no. Yeah. yeah. You'd be in somewhere and you'd be like, Yeah, and I'm that... stopping a payphone and call somebody back. That's <laughs> yeah, what it like was. who paged you? Yeah. Friends with pagers. Really? Huh. I don't know. Yeah, I have... yeah, it was weird. A pager can text a pager? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, you call the number, or I can't remember how it worked. I don't someone, either. it's like it would vibrate and then the number would call, would pop up. That would oh, be the number you'd have to like call, call that, that number, number back. Yeah. Why didn't they call your house instead of paging you? If you weren't there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like like, she's out. That's what I would say. She, she was out and she's about. She's out living life. Yeah. You were important <laughs> out and about. People had to get a hold of you. Oh, <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> no. Yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that's different. Did you grow up around here? Right here in Huntington. You did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. And, you know, we always, but we also made more time, like, on the weekends. Like, we would do Sunday evenings, sometimes at our grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. You know, when it was the Disney would come on with the castle, like the Disney movie. Okay. In the yeah. evening mm-hmm. would come on and show the castle. Okay. And then every week was a Disney movie, and we'd mm-hmm. have popcorn with our cousins and our parents. Hmm. I think it was mm-hmm. just putting the effort in to spend time together. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, like around Christmas time memories of like mm-hmm. things that you did like the were you the Rudolph or the Frosty like did you watch any we, of the- yeah we did like always it was Frosty the Snowman um Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer but one thing that was a tradition that we always did was at our grandparents house again was when you got the old like the Sears and the JCP County JC Penny catalogs, catalogs. Mm-hmm. and we would pass them around that's how grandma would know what mm-hmm. we wanted for Christmas is we would get a circle three things Seriously. All the grandkids oh, we yeah. would set together mm-hmm. and pass those catalogs the around. Catalogs. Yep. Yes. Sears and JC Penny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Those I were see... the cool thing. I just yeah. love that stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even like Saturday night, sometimes we go to grandma's and spend with our aunt watching the old like the what do you call it? The the wrestling in the kick. Like in the like the uh, WWF. Wrestling? Yes, we would oh, do that on oh, Saturdays. Dick the Bruiser. Yes, you know. At, yes. <laughs> and those the days, Dan. Yes. Uh, back in the day, yes. Dick the Bruiser. We right, would, you could watch it on Fifty Five. Yes, along we would with do Happy that. the Clown or whatever yeah. his name was. Happy the Hobo. Happy yeah, the that's hobo. what it was. Yes, yeah, Happy those the are hobo. the things that back those, in the day. Yes. See, those, we're all old. We like, are we're all, all. We're all around. That there. was those were yeah. those. I were, keep asking Dan. He's a young guy. Yeah, he's a. 
Oh, oh see? <laughs> he, should, he should know. He should know. But those are the times that like really meant a lot that mm. I remember. Mm. It wasn't about what we purchased or where we, it was about those memories of being stuff. with family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you have, did you have some of that when you were a kid? Like, did you remember like watching a movie or like, what was your Christmas thing? Oh, same. I mean, same. I mean, you okay. didn't have all the um, choices you have now. So, of course, Frosty came on. Rudolph. You know, you wanted to watch yeah. those. Right. And um, a Christmas TV story shows. started Christmas Eve no, I've on TBS. On TBS. Twenty four hours. Twenty four hours. The Christmas story. I've Red Rider BB the... gun. You'll I've never shoot seen your the eye Christmas out. Story. Oh, for the in love. the light in the wind. I know a little bit. The light in the oh window my... of the lady's leg Laying with the, the, lamp? the lamp. No. You'll shoot your eye out. No. Oh my gosh. I did watch Scrooge. Or isn't that the movie? The original one? I don't, I don't know. T- isn't it Timmy Boy or something that walks around crippled? Oh, Mickey yeah. Mouse Christmas, uh, Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol. That's what it's called? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was called Scrooge. Well, that because that's probably the newer one, not the original oh, one. I don't know. Yeah. So, okay. anyways, I don't know where but... he was. You missed out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. but those are the memories. Yeah. yeah good. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, you... Thinking back on your childhood, was faith any part of that, you know, where you are today? Did you have any influences from that time in your life? Was your grandma, did she have faith or any family? My grandparents, I never remember going to church, but my mom would take us. Like, I was baptized at the church down here on um, State Street down by the jail. It's called The Hive now. It used to be mm-hmm. um, East State Street. It used to be First yep. Brethren. Oh. And I went to when church When we got there. here, it's called East State Street, I think. This no, was it was way actually back. across the street was oh. East State Street, and that building's not. It's kind of where the Boys and Girls Club is, I think. Oh, now okay. hmm. is where that was, yeah. but I don't know what the church was prior hmm. to that. But so it was First Brethren when we went there, hmm. and we went, we went, we did Sunday school, then we went upstairs to church with our mom and dad. More mom than dad. Um, then we did. I did youth group there, did trips like um, Kings Island, did fundraisers like bikeathons, hmm. raised money to go for, on the trips. Um, even later in life, always went to church um, with my mom. Um, then, like, as I got engaged, and me and my ex, my, my fiancé at the time would go to church. Um, so was that, a, like, just so I get a just, perspective? When you were growing up, where you are today, like, you just talked about this six months of hey, my personal relationship was growing. Did you mm-hmm. feel that when you were younger? I didn't know what that was. Okay. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't know what a relationship with Jesus mm-hmm. was in, until the last two and a half years. Yeah, that's what I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always interesting to talk through that because I think a lot mm-hmm. of people went to church. Yeah, I went or to were church. were taken to church. Mm-hmm. But I think it's going to be interesting as, you know, Jennifer navigates with you through your story because, you know, that's a lot of people's story of like, hey, I went to church. Mm-hmm. I had a yeah. boyfriend fiance uh, mm-hmm. went to church mm-hmm. but the personal relationship piece yeah wasn't there was it an important mm-hmm. part of you guys getting to know each other your fiance at the time um was faith a part of that or was it no just like, okay no he grew i mean he grew up going to church too he was grew up catholic hmm. and i just grew up like what you would say is non-denominational christian mm-hmm. yeah um but it was never at like the center Hmm. of our relationship Mm -hmm. but I viewed things a whole lot different than I do now Hmm. it was like I said I went to church and I knew wrong from right yeah so can you can you expand on that like what do you think is one of the biggest 
differences of how you viewed faith then to how you view faith now? How I view it, I mean, I knew that God existed. Mm-hmm. I would pray to him. Um, try to treat people the right way because I would feel in my heart, I, you know, I would feel like it wasn't right. There was things like, I know I probably, the Holy Spirit was probably communicating me, with me then. I just didn't know what mm-hmm. it was hmm. because you just get those feelings like, hmm. I probably should go there. Hmm. Or I think that person needs this. So did you give your life to Christ when you were a child then? I was baptized I was... around, I was 10 years old. Okay. But then I rededicated myself um, when I was in Bluffton for a year at I-Town Church mm-hmm. because I attended that mm-hmm. church for a whole year between, because I was here for a while, then went mm-hmm. to Bluffton, then did I-Town Church there, and then was rebaptized there. So can I, I mean, again, not that you can necessarily answer this, but I always think this is an interesting question. Based mm-hmm. upon what you know today mm-hmm. of a personal relationship with yeah. Christ, do you think you were saved back then? No, but I, I, I didn't know what it, I mean, I really, again, I feel I'm like not, I don't. Again, not from a condemning. Yeah, I, I no, I really don't I know. I just think it's so interesting. Like you've seen this stark difference mm-hmm. between, again, I call it religion. Yeah. Because it could go across the board. So people could say they go to church. Mm-hmm. Right. Re- across the board. Across I the go board. to I, I go, go to, to something. Yeah. That makes me want to be a better person. Right. Right. You could do that and not even be a church building. Right. But but I religiously go to something mm-hmm. that's going to make me better or right. do what somebody wants me to do. But you're saying like there's a difference. And I know that we're not going to be like it's a black and white you were or weren't. But I was right. just curious what you thought. I know that I know that I got baptized when I was younger knowing that's what I sh- what I'm supposed to do. And I sure as I didn't want to go to hell, you know, because I mean, that's really kind of like what I remember as a child that you need to give your life to God. And um, because if not, you don't want to you don't want to go to hell. I just remember being Mm. fearing so much when I was younger, like Mm. hell. Yeah. Like Satan and hell. Right. Um, I remember as a young child, I was trying to read the Bible and started for some reason. I ended up in Revelation and I just shut it. And I'm like, I was I was terrified as a kid. I was, yeah. Wow. I mean, because we always had mm-hmm. Bibles as children. We had mm-hmm. Precious Moments Bibles. So they were easy for mm-hmm. us to read. But I just was just, this fear was instilled in me. And I was like, I couldn't do it. But I'm saying for me, a difference for me between what is a relationship with Jesus and believing is God, I think it's a part, a lot of what I've walked through. Mm-hmm. Like when He saves mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. and you know there's no other reason why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it changes, it's changed me forever. Mm-hmm. And I was in a place where I was able mm-hmm. to be fostered mm-hmm. on how to like nurture that relationship and discover mm-hmm. what that was. Yeah. And when things happen in your life and miracles happen in your life and there's no exclama- mm-hmm. explanation for them, mm-hmm. but God, right. that changes your whole perspective. Yeah. And the way you see things in this world. Yeah. Brings it to a whole different place. It does. And a whole different level. Like it's like that he is real. Yeah. Right. Right. So can you pick it up a little bit from the standpoint mm-hmm. of, so you meet your fiance, mm-hmm. right? And so can you kind of take us from there is like, did you guys just continue to go to church and things were we, good? And- we continued to go to church here and there for a while. Um, 
And then, you know, he worked a lot, so he wasn't available on the weekends, so I continued to go with my mom. Mm. Um, but I, I wouldn't say we were on the same page if, with anything when it come to... Um, well, I think he was just brought up Catholic, and I wasn't. Yeah. So there right. was a difference right there from the beginning. Right. And um, and even at then, uh, in my in my walk in my faith, it's what happened in my life was the situation and the lifestyle I started living, um, and the way my heart hardened and started changing. I just I stepped away from even trying to put anything into God. Mm-hmm. At yeah, all. for sure. And there was times where, you know, I would still be coming to church here at Life. I would come because I know I needed something in my life, but I was searching for something I couldn't find. Hmm. Something in here hmm. was missing. Hmm. Yeah, so again, you can tell, I don't know what happened. Like, I don't know your story at all. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you know, what led up to any of that. Like, I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. those pieces where you're talking about, like these were places where you were really searching. Like I don't know, yeah. and maybe you can help our audience yeah. kind of understand, like what happened during those periods of, like when you said you chose to live a different life. Mm-hmm. Or, like what was that? There was a time. There was things that I went through as a child, younger child, younger in my life that um, affected me in ways I didn't realize that it mm. did. Um, I went through. Um, being the oldest of three daughters and watching my mom have a nervous breakdown. But at the age I was at, I didn't know what that was. Mm. I just know she got sick and had to go to the hospital Mm. and she was gone for like a week or more. Mm. And I had to watch my dad who had never really had to take care of us three girls cooking and cleaning and doing all that because that was my, my mom just did all that Mm -hmm. to watching him kind of panic Mm. and us being so close with our mom, I mean, being the oldest, we, I, we always help, I always helped her cook hmm. and clean because we were always with her. And I found myself in this, um, like a state of almost fearing for her that if she came home and things weren't a certain way that she would get sick again because she was working too hard because hmm. she had been, she was working multiple jobs to try to help take care of us plus take care of us. Hmm. And it was like almost like a switch inside where I went into like this almost like a survival mode hmm. where I had to, to how old were you at this time like guess about 12 oh wow and um to where I wanted to just make everything okay for my sisters too because they were younger than me and I didn't want them to be afraid mm-hmm. so I stepped into that almost like a motherly motherly role and like that whole week she was gone, it was, I was cleaning, ironing clothes at that age. Like, cause my mom ironed everything, even sheets and stuff. It was Sherry's my... grandma used to iron curtains. Yes. Like, what and world? I spent that time like doing all this and getting all the laundry caught up mm-hmm. because I wanted her to come home and not worry. Mm-hmm. And from there, you know, it ended up being it, there. Then it kind of just, mm-hmm. it kind of just kept moving in that direction. We had to end up, um, during the summer staying home because something happened to us at daycare to me. So my mom had to rip mm-hmm. us out of that daycare and we couldn't find anyone. So I ended up staying home in the summer with my sisters mm-hmm. and help all summer long mm-hmm. back when summers were even longer than now. Yeah. 
and cooking meals for them and being responsible for them and having <coughs> that control over it, trying to have control over everything that I could in my life because I felt like if I didn't, something bad would happen to her again. Right, right. And just through all of that, I've been through different things in my relationships where instead of dealing like stuff like that in my life and going through even an eating disorder right before my freshman year of high school, because, you know, once you're, I was teased in school, then it was like, well, I can control this too. Hmm. So I can control what I eat. Wow. And it just kind of was a ripple effect. And, but never, cause I, I feel like. But you didn't see it as abnormal. Then. No, I didn't. Right. I didn't. I didn't see anything as abnormal. I thought, right. You know, it's what it, everybody does. It's what it's every, everybody it's, feels. Yeah it's, yeah, it's just this is normal. And, I mean, I grew up in a time where I feel like things weren't really talked about too much. Yeah, so can like, I, just, I didn't know what a therapist was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so can I just, like, interrupt you for just mm-hmm. a second? So for all of the young ladies that are out there listening, like, mm-hmm. what do they, when, when you're going through stuff like this, like, what do they need to do? Do they just need to find somebody to talk to, mm-hmm. find somebody to share with? Like, yeah. what, what? be in community like what could help them so that it doesn't go further and spiral into I think it's just finding someone that you can confide in and talk to mm. and being able to do that and it and feel like it's okay okay and not feel like that because I was at a place where I just ended up believing what people said to me mm. I didn't tell my parents about it because right. I felt like I would get in trouble it was weird like right. and um so then I found myself, it was back when shows were on TV, watching shows would come on like the after school specials about girls with eating disorders, you know, things like that. Then it almost was like kind of, in a way, it kind of glorified it hmm. to me. Hmm. And it made me like, okay, if she can get that thin, then I can too. Ugh. It was, and I think that it's just opening up because I remember at one time my mom was like to my dad, I could hear her. He, she's like, Jerry, I'm kind of worried about Missy. And he's like, oh, she's fine. Hmm. So it was kind of also, I feel like too, as a generation of you just kind of, yeah. at least in my house, you kind of just didn't no, speak I of think it. It's, yeah, no, I think that was <laughs> and you just back didn't in the day. Speak I don't think it. anybody talked. I don't oh. ever remember. I mean, we didn't talk about no. things as a family, like what no. we were hurting with and what we were struggling mm-hmm. with. You kind of just, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. No, I think we grew up in a generation of you don't talk about things. Yes. You just push through. You just you push through it. On, you keep dealing with it yeah for a guy it's pull up your bootstraps keep working Mm -hmm. do whatever you need to do like talking Mm -hmm. about it don't fix anything right yeah and i think that's where that's over that time is where i started bearing so much Mm -hmm. so many things Mm -hmm. because i never addressed any of it because you just you just put it down there right and just walk on right so how long did you have that eating disorder from like how many years it followed me i started like um between my eighth grade and freshman year, all the way through like my early twenties, wow. oh just here and there, like I would, something would happen in my life, mm-hmm. like something even in my relationship with my fiance at the time where I would get emotional and upset and I would, I would go to that mm-hmm. again because mm-hmm. I could control that. So it because kind like, of like come and go. It, yes. yes it, it, would it would be, just, it would, mm-hmm. it never totally, wow. just because it was never, I never addressed it. And it would anytime anything would emotionally happen to me, mm-hmm. that's where I would go mm-hmm. because that I can control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what I try to tell my daughter now is, you know, because she's a gymnast, she's mm-hmm. she's on the high school 
um, freshman. She's a freshman on the gymnastics team. She's been on the competition team at the Powell for like seven years. Right. And girls are still kind of can be that mm -hmm. way. And, and I'm lucky that she's pretty confident in who she is, but I, cause she's made comments to me about the way people talk at school to mm -hmm. one another or, mm -hmm. and I'm like, you know, just know that you're a beautiful person. If you ever feel like you need to talk about anything, I'm right here. Cause right. I've been right there where you're at Yeah. and just know that it's safe. Mm -hmm. Because right. the worst thing to do is hold all that inside. Yeah, press it down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, how did you work through that? Did somebody, um, you know, like we said, you know, counselors, therapists, that time, yeah. that really was, that was kind of like a taboo thing. I mean, yeah, I don't think just, anybody really talked about you were. No. So, did you have like a close friend or someone, or just you just worked through it? I yourself just, I just, just worked through it <laughs> on my own. Wow. Because it was to the point where at one time, um, one of his mm -hmm. friends said, you know, I was about like 110 pounds, and for me, that's wow. nothing. And he's like, Missy, you need to start eating. Mm. You know, and when you get when you get so weak, it's hard to do things. Right. I knew that that was becoming mm -hmm. an issue. So there, because mm -hmm. see, that that also became an addiction. Mm -hmm. hmm. yeah. yeah, the eating disorder. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I, I think I developed that addictive personality mm -hmm. as being able to control things mm -hmm. as a young child mm -hmm. through that trauma with my mother and that's where mm -hmm. that addiction came in. Mm -hmm. Right. So is that a part of like, so did you start with a, like into other addiction? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So can you yep, kind of I'm walk us through that? Yep. I mean, so did like I, in your 20, like how did that? So I, so that was in my early twenties. Um, I still battled with that. Um, so then, you know, 21 comes around, you can drink. Oh yeah, legal age yeah. drink, you know. Right, and like anybody waits till they're twenty-one. I know, I know. You had a few. I'm of those, just saying. I mean, come I'm on. saying I'm not lying. You had a few of those high school <laughs> where you're gonna go stay the night at somebody's yeah. friend's house, and then there's just so happens to be alcohol. Just happens, happens to be beer to be. in the fridge. Yeah, like, how you know, that just, ever happen? Just happens to be a bottle of vodka in the fridge, and yeah. there's beer too. Yeah. Right. Let's right. just try it out. Right. Um. So there was, you know, there was some of that occasional drinking. Sure. Just like that's normal. Right. You know, that's just normal in society. Um, but later on down the road, like in my in my marriage, you know, my ex-husband worked many, many hours. Mm. He's a hard worker. Mm. So there was a lot of times when he wasn't home. Mm. He worked during the day. Then on the weekends, they would do roofs for mm. people, always yeah. doing side jobs. Roofs right. a lot of the time right. during the summers. And um, it'd get to the point where I would get lonely, but I didn't want to be that type of person to be like, you need to spend time with me. Be that I wanted to be that wife that it was, you always had home cooked meals and mm. everything was always done. And I didn't realize then, but I started resenting him mm. for being by myself. Hmm. So then when I get bored on the weekends, I would let's go out, mm. let's go drink right. with my friends. Mm. And that just gradually went into I mean, forward that, fast forward that years down the road, it's still occasionally drinking, but then it comes up to where I'm drinking every weekend. Oh, wow. You know, and then it becomes almost a way of, instead of talking about problems yeah. and issues in your, in your marriage or in life, you just numb it away. Yeah, right. So then it began to, oh, I'm just going to have a drink, mm -hmm. a couple drinks tonight after mm -hmm. work. And then that moved forward. To where I was drinking every day. Really? Yeah. So it was an alcohol addiction. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh wow. Fifteen years of drinking. Wow. 
<laughs> 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. That is a, so through that, you're married. Have ha- children. Have children. So how, like, were you just a functioning? I, uh, Again, what, I say this what loosely. Call, what a you functioning call a alcoholic. functioning alcoholic, yeah. yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there was the times that when I was, I, you know, my children are about two, two years apart in age. Um, like when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, she's the oldest. Okay, that's it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't drink when you're pregnant. Right. That's not an option. Right. Um, and in the beginning, I found it to be like a little like I was angry hmm. because I couldn't. Hmm. You know. Yeah. Like you call the dry drunk. <laughs> that's what people call it. Right. You know. That's what I've heard the term as. Mm. I didn't realize what it was then. Um, and then by the end of the pregnancy, it was it was it was fine. And so and again, I I don't know your ex-husband mm-hmm. so i mean did he care that you were drinking yeah, he, he did. did care yeah okay he so he was like he did and you know and there for a long time he i think he just tolerated it because we were married you know and okay. he knew that that really wasn't who i was like deep okay. down that's not who i was mm-hmm. but fast forward that you know and he and he put up with that for many years mm. um because i dealt like he dealt with that and I did that because I didn't want to deal with all the anger I had toward him. Right. And it turned right. into anger. Hmm. That resentment turned hmm. into anger. Hmm. And that's what happens when we don't deal with issues. Right. Our right. heart changes. Yeah, they just fester. And it, it just builds up. I do up. think that that's interesting because it's not just anytime you don't deal with something, there anytime. is an effect on your heart. That's right. Like they're just, you know, whether it's making it more calloused, whether yeah. it's making it more angry, but yeah. there is... To think that you can just walk through life without dealing with mm-hmm. issues and everything's going to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. I think there's a broken, there's a brokenness that yeah. happens that you're even totally broken. To admit. Totally broken. Yeah. Yeah. And so did the alcoholism destroy your marriage? Like, is it? It was part of it for okay. sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, we were together like 15 years. Mm. Over a little over 15 years. Wow. We dated seven years before we were married. Yeah. Crazy. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, and again, like the, the being able to, and I think this is for a lot of people, being able to function through addiction. Like I think sometimes people think of people who are addicted as like, they you can't think function. It, yeah. They're just out of their mind. They're yeah. always in jail. They're always. Yeah. And, and I think that's where people. It's a stereotype. It's a label. It is that comes with addiction that people have no idea because addiction comes in many forms. Right. It's just not substance. Right. Like I said, I had an eating disorder. Right. I that was an addiction. Right. Some accepted addiction, some not yeah, accepted addiction. Yeah. Right. And that's just the way society is. Right. But yeah, that's and it just and it just kept going and then you know as soon as after my daughter about maybe six months after my daughter was born. Um. When I was done breastfeeding, of course, it was, you know, someone asked if you want to have a glass of wine. I'm like, eh, I don't know. Because, you know, you really know you shouldn't do it. Right. But I'm like, oh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. One glass is okay. Yeah. And that, well, that's again, all it took. This is going to be a dumb question, mm-hmm. but I want to make sure we ask this just for our audience that's mm-hmm. listening. So the people that are around you, mm-hmm. so the people that are your friends, mm-hmm. right? The people mm-hmm. that are supposed to love you, like, are they the people that are like, hey, do you want to have a glass of wine? 
You know what I mean? Some, like I'm trying to get my some, mind wrapped well, around this idea. Well, and, but but you have to realize that sometimes those people that were asking had drinking issues themselves. Oh, okay. So you know what I mean? One yeah. enables the no, other. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. So one enables the other. Right. Okay. You know, I'm not going to say people in my life, you know, we didn't go out for dinner and drinks, but but in the back of their minds, they knew that probably wasn't a good idea. Right. Right. But it just yeah, comes just to thinking, a point when, when do you stand up and be strong to your loved one and be like, no, we're not doing this. Right. That's what I was trying to get mm-hmm. to. Like when in these situations is it right to be like, hey, yeah. you have a problem. Yeah. You know, this, you know, like when somebody looked at you and said, you shouldn't weigh 110 pounds. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, and I've been thinking about this since our last podcast too with Kale, like the courage his dad was dying mm-hmm. and his last words to his son was i'm going to heaven but you're not i'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. it yeah. and you need to do something about it like the courage can you think about that as the yeah. courage of a father to look at his son and be like and say that right before yeah yeah and, yeah. and the same concept somebody having the courage to mm-hmm. say you know what you shouldn't weigh 110 pounds yeah. same concept be. the courage is like you probably shouldn't be drinking every night right you right. know, but I just wonder sometimes if we don't have the courage. I think a lot of people don't have the courage. Hmm. And do you think it's we because we would worry about like what are you going to say mm-hmm. or how are you going to respond? I think or? it's I think it's worrying about the reaction, hmm. mm-hmm. the response. Yeah. So what what got you to the so fifteen years of alcoholism mm-hmm. or drinking it, yeah 50 like toward the end of the last couple of years is when it got really really bad okay um you know i i had lost my mom to um stage four cancer mm. she got really sick seven weeks after i lost my grandma my dad's mom to cancer who i was also helping take care of when i was working in occupational therapy because we had her in our nursing home because she just got out of iu or um the the it's the hospital down south she had to have her jawbone cut out removed and cancer scraped off of it and put back in Mm -hmm. and um she never recovered from it age and everything else too you know but seven weeks after that losing her um then about a year later i lost my cousin and that's when all of that happened in that like really sensitive three-year span Mm -hmm. Because then following a year after my grandma, my grandpa died. Mm. And it's just, it was just like yeah. loss after loss after loss. Right. And I didn't handle, mm-hmm. I didn't handle problem like anything emotional, situational problems well. Because I just didn't, I'd never handled them before. Right. Right. You didn't just, have a coping mechanism. I had no coping mechanism. Right. So, and again, without this sounding weird, like you said you were drinking almost every night and then you and said then, it got really bad. Then it got really like bad. I, again, I'm just it's, trying to get the perspective of like, what's really bad mean? It is to the point where, um, where I had lost my job and got laid off. So I was just sitting and collecting unemployment. I also went through a divorce in this time hmm. too. Yeah. Um, I had moved and been on my own for the first time in over 17 years. Hmm. This was just three years ago, Hmm. four years ago. And um, I found myself, haven't dealt with any of these deaths, Mm -hmm. then haven't dealt with this divorce, 
and I'm here with our children are split one week on mm. one week off. Mm. So I'm sitting here just do, throughout the day. Like, what do I do with myself? Well, I'm just going to have a drink. Mm. So basically it spiraled into yeah. where I got up and was drinking. I'll be like, well, if I wait till noon, I'll be good mm. to where it's, it's nine o'clock. I'm fast. Mm -hmm. I'm just going right through where I'm drinking from the time I get up till the time I go to bed, like wow. to the time I go wow. to bed. Then eventually where it's, I have to drink through the night. Mm. Mm. Because my body was just wow. dependent on it so heavily that I couldn't function anymore. Hmm. So what was the breaking point? Like what got you to the place of like, I got to do something different? Like did, it, did something specific happen? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I had been, um, it was a week when my children with, were with their dad and I had spent like, the whole week doing nothing. Didn't leave my house unless I needed to get something to drink or else it was brought to me and drinking 24, like 24 hours around the clock. So who brought it to you? Well, one person <laughs> did. Like... One person did. The rest of the time I, I was managed to get there by myself oh and my I gosh. shouldn't have. I shouldn't have. Oh, I wow. can't imagine. And um, it was to the point where I was this is horrible to say, but like I was, it was just that time, by that time it was just straight vodka, mm. no water, Wow. no food. Mm. And I, ha it was, I was laying on my couch and I was in just, I was just told so desperate, like in this, like I'm going to die. Mm. And I remember calling, um, calling Andrea diamond. Hmm. And I said, I need help. I can't do this anymore. Mm. And she's like, I can't take you into the place where she works. Mm. You've got to be 24 hours without drinking. I said, I don't even know what to do. And I was mm. bawling hysterically. I don't remember some of the words, but she remembers the conversation exactly where her and Jeff were at that time and everything. Mm. Wow. And um, so from there, my friend, Christy, who attends church here, one of my best friends, I guess had come out to my house because she felt like she needed to come check on me hmm. because it's that also that mm -hmm. isolation when no one, no mm -hmm. one can, no one can, you no one's heard from mm -hmm. you, you right. know? And I remember she come to the door, someone knocked at the door and, um, she come up to the door and I opened the door and I looked at her and I just slammed the door in her face mm -hmm. and she said a few choice words, you know, <laughs> as she was leaving, I'm like, I'm not doing this. I don't want to see you. Mm -hmm. And, then in that same day, my sister come, um, she actually, she called someone to come check on me and I wouldn't answer my door. Hmm. The police came a couple times. I wouldn't answer my door. She had a wellness check done for me because something in her right. told her if I don't go check on her, she's going to die. Wow. That's God. Yeah, for sure. So I eventually opened the door for a friend who came to check on me and Within minutes, um, a police a gentleman came to my door and he was saying, I, you know, you really need to go to the hospital. And this time I, w I was mad and I was angry because I'm like, I don't you know. And even though inside I knew that I was that you were desperate, but I was desperate. But because right. I was thinking in my like I said, how am I going to get out of this? I don't even know how to come out of this because right. it had come to where I was totally dependent right. on it. Right. Like I couldn't do anything right. like in that last week I was 
drinking to throw up on myself to drink some more to barely walk to the bathroom to drink some more to throw up on myself it was just a vicious mm. cycle <sighs> and it was so sad like it right mm. like i think this is the first time i've been able to talk about it without mm. crying mm. and the cop came and he's like well i think let's take a breathalyzer and he took it and it was extremely high mm. and then i didn't even know what the number how high how deadly it was right and he's like, I think I need to call the ambulance. And I said, no, I'm not going. I was mad. Well, then he said, if you don't go, you could die. Mm. So they called the ambulance. Mm. And it was to the point where he's like, when's the last time you ate? And I'm like, oh, I ate just a few days ago. A few days? I said, I said I had some Burger King. And my sister picks up the receipt from the counter. She goes, Missy, this was seven days ago. Wow. Oh, my word. So ba- like my whole yeah. body was shutting down. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. So then from that moment on, I mean, just like, did you have to go somewhere? Yeah. To, okay. Yeah. So the, I, they walked me to the ambulance, to the EMS. I got in there and um, they had to start an IV on me right in, right there in the ambulance. I live like 10 minutes from the hospital. Hmm. So that's how bad, if you can say how dehydrated I was. Yeah, right. And I knew that it was bad when I could, because I had to sign for consent for them to treat me. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't barely hold the mm. the pen to sign my name to even make a scribble mm. because I was, I, have, I was losing all function. Right. And it was not because mm. I didn't know how to write my name. Right. It was because I was losing the ability to, my body was not working. Right. Mm. Yeah, breaking down completely. Shutting down. My yeah, body so th- was failing. Yeah, mm. so they get you to the hospital, and then from the hospital, it is like somebody's going to intervene. Was there an intervention and said, hey, we're going to... Um, really, no, because this is just how... When I get to the hospital, I was crying because I was so scared because, you, you know, it's hard to say because when I knew that I knew that I was going to die, like it was the weirdest feeling, like a mm. total sorrow and just separation. Mm. And the gentleman... The admitting ER doctor was a recovering alcoholic. Mm. Wow. And that was, yeah, and I just broke down, and he was crying with me, and he took mm. my hand, and I, cause I was just like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Mm. And he's took my hand and just, he said, can I pray with you? Mm. And I said, please. Wow, that's amazing. And I ended up in the hospital for six days. I couldn't walk for the first five. I couldn't stand unbelievable so you're that bad yeah my kidneys and liver everything was shutting down Hmm. i had nothing left wow like i remember them talking about dialysis like things that like they were like this they were like you're sick melissa Hmm. Hmm. you're sick but Hmm. it wasn't my first time in the hospital from alcohol really you had been in there before so after Hmm. the six days and you get better do they send you to a rehab well what happened was um Day six, I could finally, mm. I finally got out of bed and was able to walk to the bathroom because mm-hmm. before I was having to get lifted by two staff member to, onto a bedside commode so I could just right. go pee. Right. And they had to hold me up because I couldn't even sit mm. up. Mm. Like mm. they had to put me asleep medically because when they say like the each detox gets worse with alcoholism, it's true because I was having such bad hallucinations that. I would ripped out my IV twice to crawl out over my bed to walk down the hall. Had no idea about it. Mm. Wow. So mm. my my sister had told me, I think this was her way of, like, tricking me. Because I tried to come out of the hospital before and just do um, meetings on my own. Sure. Go see a 
therapist, but like it lasted about two months and that was it. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, oh, I could have a drink today. Mm-hmm. So from there, she's like, Missy, we mm-hmm. need to get something figured out. These applications are, are getting printed out for you. Mm. You're going to go here or you're going to go there because the hospital said they will not treat you again. Mm. And now that I know, I know she's lying because the hospital can't <laughs> refuse to treat you. You know, they can't refuse to treat you medically. That's, right. a, that's a liability, you know. Right. But I knew that she was just, she was desperate. Mm. Mm. And um, so I filled out an application to go into a faith-based program. Mm. And I went, and day six I left the hospital. I drove to Andrea's house. I followed her to her place, to her place in Bluffton. Hmm. And I went in there through the intake and they're like, well, this is, I'm, I'm doing the paperwork and they're like, it's a six to 12 month program. I'm like, no, not mm-hmm. doing that. I'm not. And I was pretty, kind of rebellious mm-hmm. with it. And I'm like crying. So I'm like, I can't leave my kid. Well, you got to leave something to get yourself better. Really? Right. And I'm like, I'll give you 30 days. Well, a year later, and so you did stay in it for the full year. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. Yeah. And that's where I met Jesus. Mm. I met Jesus sitting on the floor in my room mm. wow. in prayer with Andrea and Chris Walker. That's mm. awesome. And I had my, I had an encounter with the Lord that changed my life. Mm. Mm. Like I could fit like, uh, where I, he was, I was curled up in a ball on the mm. floor crying so full of guilt and shame and like failure mm. and it cut like curled up in a ball and I just felt this warm like blanket across my back mm. wrapped around me like a baby with the and the level and the comfort I felt and the love in that moment was nothing I'd ever mm. experienced in my life isn't that amazing and I mm. was just mm. bawling and bawling mm. and there that there he was mm. yeah like an actual encounter and it just wrecked me yeah. i mean it, that changed my life right and i'm like because i knew i wasn't supposed to come out of that hospital yeah and i begged him in that bed that night crying crying out to him please don't mm. let me die here mm. my children don't even know i'm here i can't mm-hmm. i don't want mm-hmm. this life anymore right please take it away right and that's when i know when i say there's a difference and when you know i haven't you have a relationship with jesus and you can see miracles right that was a miracle and when I can walk away from drinking for that many years with not even a desire to take a, a drink, yeah. even a thought in my mind after right. 15 years of drinking and trying this over and over and over before, like he healed me. Right. He right. took it away. Right. Like, just like that. Yeah. Which again, I mean, not that I've ever been through that, but the idea that you can go that long and be yeah. that bad and then... Yeah. In a moment. In a moment. You know, that God, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it just proves things that we forget. Mm-hmm. You know, we see it serve a God of the universe that I like, mean, spoke can... all of this into existence. Yes. And yeah, we should expect more of those things. We should. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, I, I got so nervous because I had to get a follow up like within um, 60 days of labs for my kidneys and my liver. And I was just so full of panic. Like, I just thought the worst, like, they're not, it's not going to be better. Right. I'm going to have to end up getting treatment for my, I'm going to end up in kidney failure or stage right. one or something. Right. And sitting there talking to Andrea and I'm like, I sit there and think, did God save me, bring me all this way just to let me die? Mm-hmm. That's where my mind was. Mm-hmm. 
And she was like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. And I went to the doctor and I was there and I got a phone call and the doctor, it was the actual doctor. And he told me that all of my results were fine. Yeah. All my labs another, were another miracle. nothing but a mirror. I mean, I fell to my f- knees right. in tears because praise God, because they, I was, they were just shutting down right. two months ago. Mm-hmm. Right. Your, I mean, your liver can rejuvenate itself if it's not too far gone, but your kidneys cannot. Right. And that's just who else? Yeah. What else? <laughs> There's no other reason besides it's God. Yeah. Because he has plans. Right. For everyone. Right. Yeah, so let's talk about that part. So now you get, you met Christ. So let's talk about what's different in your life now. What's God doing in your life now? What is, what's changed for you? Um, What's changed for me is just um, being in a relationship with him. It's spending time with him daily. Hmm. It's not like I just, I used to go to church on Sunday Mm -hmm. and then live live my life kind of like however I'd want during the week until I came to church on Sunday again. But it's being purposeful every day and wanting to give hope to other people. Yeah. To meet them where they're at, no judgment. Right. Loving them, walking right mm-hmm. beside them. And now I've been working in recovery for a year and a half. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. I work at um, Avenues Recovery Center in Fort Wayne on Fairfield. Mm-hmm. It's a 100 bed, 30 day mm-hmm. detox. And I get to pour into these people. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine what you see in a hundred bed detox place. Yeah. Unbelievable. And you know, you see people, you see broken. Yeah. You see, I see what I was. Right. Right. And if I get, and just sharing them little bits of what I've been through, Mm -hmm. it's amazing what it can do for someone. Yeah. It's like, it's your own little ministry and you don't even realize it. Right. Because you're out there sharing Jesus and sharing miracles. Yeah. Giving others hope to know that, because once I found him and filled that, th- that spot in my heart that had been missing for so long that I was trying to fill it with everything else mm-hmm. and sharing that with someone else, that there's hope yeah. that you can overcome this. Right. This, isn't, this doesn't have to be it. Right. right. But for that sh- sharing with them that I had to surrender to something bigger than myself because mm. we can't do it on our own. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's cool that given a second chance. Yes, given you know, a second I chance. Mean, that is, I mean, the two things for me is, is that like you came from a place where... So dark. Yeah, and that God, I mean, just rescues you. Like, just like, oh. Yeah, from that place. I mean, those yeah. those things should, yeah, just continually remind us about, like, we serve a living God that is, that is here right to here, rescue right you. Right here, and, yes. Yeah, anybody struggling through any type of yeah. issues in issues. life, we have a God that will rescue from a from that pit, yeah. and that you're not wasting that opportunity, right. you know, of a second chance, being right. able to give hope to people, and yeah, yeah. I just that you know, that's I think awesome. about her friend, you know, the people who came to her house that day, yeah. you know, if they wouldn't have hmm. even listened to the Holy Spirit or what, yeah. even if they weren't whatever prompted them to go, if they wouldn't have done that took that step mm-hmm. you wouldn't have they said been I, here no, you know the, and so and for they them, said for if i us, wouldn't have been there i wouldn't have survived yeah so how many times do should we mm. take that step and what could we help somebody mm-hmm. with possibly that we maybe we don't do that you right. know and so there's a testament for for those people for actually yeah. you know doing that it's, it's 
to see the outcome. Yeah, because even their yeah, because even with my mm-hmm. sister, you know, she's not to where I, you know, not on the same level I am as with God, but she even mm-hmm. it, it admits that something mm-hmm. something put that on her heart mm-hmm. that day, right? For yeah. to to come yeah. to have someone yeah. come check on me, yeah. and that's yeah. where I've learned that when I feel and I called it I used to call it a nudge, but when I feel <laughs> led to do something, I do it because. You don't know what that other person needs. I could be the nudge that they need to help them realize that God is real. They could have woke up Mm -hmm. and said, if you're real, have someone come up to me today to do this. (laughs) And it's just that simple. Yeah, for sure. And he works Mm -hmm. that just Mm -hmm. that just that simple. Yeah. He's that miraculous. I've heard story after story of that. Yeah. I asked for this and this happened. Yeah. It's just like yesterday. I know we're getting close, but yesterday, um, I was, I went into one of the groups. Mm-hmm. My friend asked me to come in and share, um, something with them. It was a devotional I brought in and, um, one of the gentlemen I got done reading and he looked over at me and he said, that was for me. Mm-hmm. I said, how do you mean? He goes, I prayed to God about that very thing last night. Mm-hmm. And I just gave him mm-hmm. a high five. I'm like, there you go, buddy. That's how he works. Yeah. And you know, and he was like in tears. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's how he works. Yeah. And that's, it's not even, I was working as a tech, not a group facilitator, mm-hmm. but I was asked to go in and just share something that I shared with one of the facilitators. Mm-hmm. I said, sure. And I could have just not went in, right? but it's learning to like one, like once you're asked to do something yeah. or you feel it mm-hmm. to do it because you never know how much you can impact and influence someone else's life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. a great way to end it. I mean, that yeah. perspective right mm-hmm. there from both of you is that the one thing that we do forget is, yeah. is that, and not to dramatize anything, but not answering a nudge could mean a life. Yes, mm-hmm. for real. You know what I mean? Like it's sometimes we think, oh, well, I don't know. And yeah, I don't know. Could it be yeah. blah, blah, blah. I mean, a nudge in mm-hmm. this case yeah. saved a life. Saved a life. You know, That's and what it was. listening to it and not only mm-hmm. saved a life, it's bringing life to not only you, but bringing life to other people yeah. because of the obedience of one. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that yeah. to me is just a great thing to, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was just your message on Sunday. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, somebody had to say yes. You yes. say yes. Yeah. And what does that, just the domino effect that that happens. That's right. You yeah. know, so and true. It's yeah, so how, powerful. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. one yes can just change everything. Yeah. everything that, and that sure. just, yeah. again, you're a testament to mm-hmm. that today and yeah. you saying yes now and whose stories are going to be affected because you're willing to share mm-hmm. your story. You yeah. have the courage to talk through those things. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, yep. you want to end yep. us up? Yep. So if you're not part of our podcast texting group, you can text the word podcast to 260-408-8383. Um, if you want to be on the podcast, let us know. You have an idea of somebody. Um, we'd love to hear that as well. Yeah. So the the clip of this will be going out. So if you don't know, so when the clip goes out on Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, there is a link that you can go watch it on YouTube. So that's one way to be able to get on, uh, to be able to watch it, see this awesome scenery that we have here. If you've <laughs> never watched it, you need to come on. You need, you need to get at least a view, you know, of what it looks like. If you want to listen, like, you know, you can go to Apple, you can go to Spotify, you can go onto our app. That's another way for people to be able to uh, mm-hmm. listen to it. And, and again, mm-hmm. uh, the other part of it is anybody that, you know, if you see Missy out there anywhere, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's in the community, mm-hmm. at church or at a church, whatever it is, 
encourage her, say hi to her. Great story, great influence. You know, we're just so thankful for uh, all of that. And don't forget that if you're seeing it on Facebook, like or share um, or comment, because that gives us more of an opportunity to be able to get it out to more people. Because we do believe that the courage of people coming on here and sharing their stories, that there's somebody out there. Amen. Whether it's mm-hmm. one, whether it's a hundred, mm-hmm. whatever that is, even if it just changes one, one. person's life. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're just, yeah, yep. thank, thankful, thankful for you being on and we'll continue yeah. to pray that your influence and the things that you're doing will keep, you know, changing the lives of people. So, all right. Yep. Yep. Thanks everybody for joining us and we'll see you guys next week. <laughs> Bye.